Hey y'all, cross politic time. Yeah, you didn't start it fast enough. Come on, would you take school vouchers? No. You aren't gonna do it. No. You aren't gonna do it. What if they give you lots of money? You know, Harvard has a war on women right now. It's happening. Abortion? And finally, Jerry Falwell tweeting. He's doing it. Jeff Jeff Sessions got it. Yeah. He he targeted him. Who's Jerry Falwell? Junior. Actually, Junior. Tweeting from the grave? Yeah. He's a president of Liberty Liberty University. University. Yes. Yeah. And we have a president from the other enormous evangelical (laughs) university (laughs) with us. In studio. Oh, man. Hey, it's good to be here across Politic Network, right? That's good. We yeah. got a couple uh, extra guests here in the studio. As you guys can see, President Ben Merkel and CEO Robert Borton's uh, CEO of Classical Conversations, man. Thanks. For, he flew out here from North Carolina. Yeah. And, and a sponsor, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's our corporate sponsor. Wow. Thank you. No. Thanks man, to both of you guys you. for joining us. Yeah. Guys are awesome. I mean, thank you, too. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank mean, you, man, for being here. Yeah. yeah. And so, Robert, <laughs> oh, tell me. Oh, how about all the way across town? I'll get you a t-shirt, I'll get you a t-shirt. I'll take one. Got, I, you know, I don't have any swag from NSA. There we go. Oh. Just like that. Done. Uh-oh. It's my fault. Beat that, It's my fault. Come on. It's my fault. Yeah. It's nice to know the president. As you guys have noticed on our podcast channel we're turning a little uh, a little more into a network on the podcast some channel. of you are like what how what to is build going a tent on? what is going on because we want to learn to fight laugh and feast in every subject uh, you know business as you can see with matt williams and how to build a tent yep uh jason farley kind of on culture and theology westminster and confessions of funk, funk. Mm, so good like and then law and profits yeah marcus pittman marcus pittman profits marcus pittman yeah and then we it's got a little of play law yeah. and profits get, yeah. you get it yeah <laughs> I think money, I think money. We, I think, did you really have to explain that? Is there like a button? Did you really have to explain that? Are you done? There we go. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you done? I right. wish having the buttons. I don't have the buttons anymore. Yeah, yeah. he was really having fun last time yeah. when you weren't here. He hit one right. One, <laughs> you noticed? You noticed he got was, one right? I was off. And so we, because of Jason Farley was in the studio last week, his podcast dropped on our network this week. We have some uh, books that he left for us. Yes. 20 Wild Decembers, poems by Jason Farley, which we read one of them on the show last week. We also have a children's book that he wrote called Waiting Through Winter. It's illustrated, I think, by one of our longtime yes. listeners and fans, uh, Mrs. Jessica Lynn Evans. Yes. And then also by Jovial Press, which is Jason Farley's publishing ah. company. Yeah. Little Mouse Finds a Friend. Yeah. It's a classic, instant classic. And that's a Leidenfrost. You got it. You got it. Yeah. By Jenny Leidenfrost, yeah. also illustrated by Jessica Evans. She, she listens to the show. Right. So, for a limited time only, if you join CrossPolitik and become a new member, you can email us and you can um, ask for, request one of these titles from Jovial Press. And, and you, it, depending on how many people sign up, because we're expecting many, millions, massive it's going to be up. huge. Uh, it's a limited time only, and we'll send you one of the books. So if you request one, I hope I hope to be able to give you that specific book. Right. I mean, and basically, so. you know, waiting through winter and twenty wild December's about the same. Yeah. I mean, I mean, awesome though. <laughs> you lost me on that one, Toby. Yeah, I'm like about the same. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah. There we go. Join CrossPolitik at CrossPolitik.com. There's a big red mm-hmm. button that says join. Click it and become one of the other awesome people who's already joined. Yeah, you also a, have yeah. access to our Worldview Shotgun yes. series. Hey! It's a, it's, a little, it's, a little, it's a little late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could have done a better job. Okay. And you're, how are you feeling? Huh? How's your back? I'm taking my medication. We've been praying 
Had a lot of people praying for you we last did. week. Yeah, man. Man, look, if y'all weren't praying, I wouldn't be standing up walking. Yeah, it's really good to see you. Don't tell my yeah. doctor I'm not supposed to be sitting down. Right. Seriously, Don't it's, tell really, my it's wife. really good to see you. I'm not supposed it's really to be good to see you. Down. If you haven't already liked and shared the show, please do it. Or supported David back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it a GoFundMe page? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's our club membership. Get David it's our club membership. Again. Tag your friends, your enemies. <laughs> and also, big thank you to those of you that have been buying us stuff off our Amazon wish list. Oh, man. Um, it's been amazing. It's kind of crazy, but yeah. it's like Christmas up in here. Yeah. There are lights. That yep. just keeps showing. We have. I had lights show up in my office a few weeks in the ago. Church office. And I text. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't know. What, like, it was addressed to me. Yeah. And yeah. there were these studio lights. Yeah. In my office. And Toby's like, what am I going to do with these? What, what I said, I, bring, them <laughs> bring them over here. Bring them over here. We so, don't use them. Thank you very much. You yep. are kind and gracious, and we are very blessed. And as you guys can see, we're going to be talking about education today. Yeah. Yeah. We got some serious educators again? in here again. We can't stop talking okay. about this. Right. So what happened? And if if I mentioned at the very beginning of the kickoff here that would you take um what I what I just vouchers? Say? Vouchers. There we go. Woo! If that would you take school vouchers? Um there's two lawsuits that have come up recently, one in Washington and one in Maine, over the school voucher issue. And in Maine, particularly so in Maine it's it's set up to where there's counties where there's no schools. Mm. And in those counties where there's no schools, the state just gives money to the people in those local counties. Just directly. So they can figure out their funding. They give them they back their they money? They give them back they money. Right. And a little extra. And and really. So, and I'm some sure, of your sure. money too, Dan. Some of my money. It's probably not so, just their money. So they can educate their kids. But yeah. Maine restricts that money to where you can't go to a religious school in the local region with that with that voucher. And right. and, and as well, I was kind of thinking this, we were talking about this off offline. That that vouchers, I think, are kind of interesting for me. Where if I had the opportunity to vote for it, I would I would vote for school vouchers as kind of a short term, um, you know, play tactical as a move. Tactical move. I I wouldn't vote for it as the end of everything, right. but as a short term play, I probably would. But the problem is here in Maine is like they're already restricting it. They, the non-religious institution. Just with to, the shekels come the shackle. Take, <laughs> take the Roman oh coin. He's, he's got a little rhyme there. You, you, that be, one. you take the king's coin, you become the king's man. Yep. Yeah, there's like this major hooks involved in this. Absolutely. Right? I mean, there's, and you can't just you can't just say, oh, we'll just take the money. Yeah. Um, well, and and that's that's the thing is I think a lot of people a lot of people a lot of Christians are just really naive. They're like, oh, money. Oh, yeah. no, this, and we can start a Christian well, school. Let's, let's think about what education is. Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the light. So truth, if you're not educating towards truth, what are you educating towards? And so how is there any education that isn't Christian? Yeah. Oh, or, yeah. Or, or in the public school. So well, you're just right. telling your children yeah. that there's such thing as education that doesn't glorify Christ. But Christians oh, Christians maybe will say that, and then they run over, and there's like, so yeah, that's why we want to start a Christian school. So can you give us some money to start a Christian school? Can you give us our school? vouchers? Can you give us some of our money back? Yeah. Can you, and, and I think, yeah, I was, I was saying to you earlier, like I would – I think maybe tactically there's a play to be made there to try to bust up the monopoly. Yeah. So, you know, but try that, to, that'd be the only reason like, why I'd make I want to get for the it. cats out of the bag, get yeah. the monkeys out of the barrel. And so if there was a way to like bust open vouchers in such a way that like tons of other schools got going in a way that the feds could never put it all back into a monopoly, right. I could see a play being made there. Yeah. But I would be doing it. With like all my ninja moves ready to go, like you come at me, you yeah. come at me, and I don't want your money. Yeah. So I, mean, yeah. I think they already got you. Pl- but that's what, that's what happens though. Is a lot of people they, they say you know I'll I'll take the money and then when the the shackles get attached then I'll drop it. You know, when yeah. that happens, then you can right. trust that I'll Easy be able money. to walk away from it. And by the time you but, get there, right? If you've built every, reach, reach you've built yeah. everything around that. Yeah. How how are you going to be able to? 
How are you going to be able to walk okay, away? Okay, so I got, yeah. I got a question here. Yeah. Um, we don't have a voucher system really in the public school K-12 through world. We don't. Some places do, like Maine has some sort of voucher system. But in the, Indiana does. Indiana does a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in the college world, we basically, it's every man for himself and can use the government money wherever yeah. they basically want to go. Yeah, and that's so, one of the things that we've noticed is that right now, so private private Christian colleges right now are getting more money from the federal government than they are from mom and dad in mm. tuition checks. It's more just that, money from the federal government yeah, than moms yeah. and dads. Yeah, so they, it, but it's it comes as student loans and Pell Grants, so it comes in as tuition, so it's masked that way. But they're more dependent on the federal government than they are on parents. So it'd be easier for them to cut tuition than it would be for them to cut the federal money. And so when you go to them and you say, yeah. well, now there's a string attached, you need to walk away from that. Good luck. So you're saying the federal government is the main consumer of uh, yeah. Christian education? Christian education. Yeah, that's wow. right. That's yeah. a good way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's scary. So who are those uh, college presidents beholden to, the parents or the government? Mm-hmm. It's the Ooh. government. It's Uncle Sam. Preach, sure. preacher. Man, you, you better <laughs> He's just stop. quietly coming at you <laughs> yeah. over here, man. Yeah, that's that's yeah. good. Um, I think they have us talking about the conversation wrong when it comes to um, uh, vouchers. It's like, we're going to give you some money. It's like, no. Whose no, money no. is it? How about this? How about we start the conversation back with just, you just stop taking my money, and then we don't even have to have this conversation. Yeah, right. And if property you, tax. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Why don't you just stop taking my money, and then I don't have to ask you or sue you to get me to take my kids to the Christian uh, school that I want them to go to. Mm-hmm. So I want to step back a little bit and say, no, 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 I don't even want to have that conversation. I, don't, I mean, right. I like the fact that it's a tactical play, but we're actually able to run another play even before that one, I think, where it's like, just stop taking my money, right. and maybe mm-hmm. we don't even have to have to talk about the education system and where my money goes and if it's okay with you if I do it. Right, but there's a reason why the government has tied education into your property. The funding mechanism for education comes from property taxes. Right. And And he's saying, stop it. But I'm saying is, and and the reason why they tied it into your property is because it makes it so complicated for them to back out of that process. This is what Congress does with bills at the same time, too. They just wrap all kinds of stuff inside of it. So it's like, oh, we can't do that because then, you know, who's going to take care of the hospitals and who's going to take care of it? It's all your property's tax, right? Now, now, Ohio State's also in the middle of, of this thing. Particularly from Title Nine. Yeah. So, right. what's the deal with Title Nine? Do you know? Are you familiar with this, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this so, is this is like the federal requirements regarding like discri- discrimination. Yeah, it's, kind it's, of ba- it's the basic civil rights language. But what happened was under Obama, oh. then you started attaching all of that to gender identity, sexual orientation, right. definition of marriage. And uh, and all the Title IX benefits got or, and requirements got attached. So to, that's the hook. Yeah. Oh, yeah so, that, so when you say civil rights language, what do you mean by that? Like, well, like so, um, prohibition of discrimination for race. Right. Then that language got applied to prohibition for discrimination against gender identity or sexual orientation. And so, so what Title IX, practically speaking, what Title IX means, you got to have equal amount of sports for women and men on campus. Well, whatever they're making up. Whatever yeah. it has to be. I mean, whatever it happens equal. to be the. So if you have the, a football civil team, rights issue yeah. of the time, then, then you got to have a girls' volleyball team and tennis team or something like that. Uh, Basically, yeah. you, okay. you Basically, have to have equal I mean, this access. has been the long play: is to to pretend like gender, um, gender orientation, sexual identity, all the marriage stuff. That this is just one more step in the long battle towards civil rights. They're trying to attach it to uh, to race and things like that. Right. Wow. So the government, you know, people don't want us in the bedroom, but we want our tax dollars tied to sexual. Um, uh, diversity on well, campus. It's, it's ethics. You know, yeah. they're, they're in, in the name of ethics, in the name of virtue, in the name of morality, the state is wanting to enforce a certain kind of morality and a certain kind of um, ethics. And they say if you meet these basic minimal standards, then you can have the money. But if you don't meet them, then you can't have the money. Right. right. But it's a way of steering but, the but ship. Now, and now it's being reinterpreted. So Obama 
Yeah, you know, so under Obama, ago. you had, yeah. right at the tail end of the Obama administration, you had a series of these letters called the Dear Colleague Letters. Right. And the Dear Colleague Letters were the, these policies going out to colleges basically saying, if you're taking the federal money, then um, then all the Title IX stuff now is going to get applied to all of the sexual orientation. Right, trans, uh, transgender, exactly. uh, cross-dressers. Yeah, that's when we all sudden started seeing all this like changes in the way universities were making bathrooms and dormitories mm-hmm. and things like that. It was because of this move. Right. And, and actually, Obama first pressed that to the high schools. So he's on the White House steps mm-hmm. and said, if, if uh, high schools do not change their bathroom policies, then we'll remove federal funding from yeah. you. And yeah. then a lot of states kind of picked and that up. And then under Trump, a lot of this is rolled back. So yeah. uh, Secretary DeVos um, right. pulled a lot of this back. Mm-hmm. See what's coming next, though. So Ohio State University, though, got in a lot of hot water because they had one of their coaches well, so, in so trouble. Ohio State has had several um, sexual misconduct issues over okay. the last year. One was a, uh, a team doctor had been molesting. Okay. Um, I think it was like 14 different boys on 14 different um, athletic programs Yeesh. at Ohio. And then Urban Meyer, who's a I mean, he's the one who took Tim Tebow to the uh, to the one of the bowl games, whatever bowl game Tim Tebow went to three years in a row or something. Um, or, so Urban Meyer is now at Ohio State, and he had a, an assistant coach who was that he was aware of, where he was beating his wife. Uh, the assistant coach was beating his wife, and possible sexual misconduct there too. Wouldn't be surprised, right? And he knew about it. Okay, and he covered it up. And so now Ohio State is kind of uh, basically the board of Ohio State voted we're going to suspend Urban Meyer three games for knowing about this and not doing anything about it. So he didn't cover it up necessarily. Like he tried to hide well, it. He just, for, he just didn't for say a while, about he it. said he, he didn't do anything What'd wrong. What'd you say? He said that he, he, he led with his heart and not his head. So his apology <laughs> from this, after the board made the decision, said we're suspending him for three games, then he admits some sort of wrong and all this. Wow. He says, I'm sorry, I just led with my heart and not with my head. Thinking, oh. So thinking the, that my coach would get better, I guess. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so uh, the universities closed down the Sexual Civility and Empowerment Unit. And now they're rebooting Sexual this Civility and Empowerment Unit. And why? It was, it was suspended in February following yep. reports of mismanagement and allegations that staffers were mistreating vi- victims, including reports of sexual harassment and yep. misconduct. Uh, right? And so now they, as a result re- of all this, they're rebooting that but, same office. But now they're having to restart it. Yep. And so now they restart. What are they calling it now? I don't know what it's, it's called. It's the same thing. Sexual Civility and Empowerment Unit. Yeah. Part two. Does New St. Andrews <laughs> have a Sexual Civility and Empowerment <laughs> Unit? We have, we have not gotten there yet. Okay. No. So, no. They need some of that federal funding to start with. Yeah, yeah we uh, get some of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it's going to work. I mean, yeah. like it's one of those situations where you're like, no, 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 this time it's going to work. Yeah, it didn't yeah. work before. But, well, the I like is, the Robert, article. Robert, I think you're right, though, about like making that connection. A lot of this money goes towards these kinds of ridiculous that's offices. For. Yeah, that's yeah. you get this massive administrative bloat because it's popped up by or um, propped up by all of this kind of money. Well, I think the University of Michigan has like over 200 people employed in their um, diversity office. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Boy. Wow. Oh, so it's just a cash cow. Yeah. So yeah. like you you can draw more federal funds in. That's where that tuition is start going. Start these offices of anti-discrimination. The reporting, the reporting that you have to do in order to keep getting this money it's a really onerous load that you've got to um, do quite a lot of reporting so you have to hire a whole administrative team right. just to manage this money and do all the reporting back to the government and then you've got to start all these other sorts of diversity offices and right. things like that to make sure that you're fulfilling the requirements is this is this salvation by bureaucracy yeah uh, well i don't know anybody's getting saved but it's <laughs> i'd say death death by yeah but, but, but i mean that's the that's the idea like yeah. they think like what we need is another office of yeah yeah, well, like, yeah. I liked how they called the original office that just got shut down the uh, a leader in w- the worldwide, you know, 
<laughs> event, and now they're calling this new one, you know, a uh, also having the best practices being implemented. Right. So it's always right. the yeah. best. It's always uh, a leader. Yeah. Well, this, that's that's all time. assessment language. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing. That's a, that's what drives all of education is that you justify yourself by your assessment, which is a lot of um, this paperwork and metrics that you're trying to show that you're meeting certain ends. Yeah. Has nothing to do with the actual product. And you said justification by metric. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. what I was thinking when I said salvation by bureaucracy. I'm thinking of like this is just like a fancy justification by works. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Justification by law. Multiply the laws. Multiply the regulations. Multiply yeah. the self studies. Yeah, and yeah. we will we will save ourselves mm-hmm. from sexual misconduct and abuse. Yeah, well, well, and, and it's because we actually don't know what an education really is, and we're mm-hmm. scared of measuring people by how educated they actually are and so we come up with these right. really easy metrics that we can track and right. then we justify ourselves with that numbers and graphs mm-hmm. but, the, but the thing is we re, we do away with what the definition of gender is and then what is what is molesting why are you, how are you molesting a bu- girl or a guy how are you getting away you just started it how's your office of inclusion going to sort through all this jerry Falwell, no for junior yep. tweets by their fruits you shall know them to jeff sessions Today we saw the fruits of Jeff Sessions, but it's too little too late. The AG has sowed the wind, but he will reap the whirlwind in November. I want to know what Ben would have tweeted to Jeff Sessions. We're going to find out next when we come back on Cross Politics. More with Ben Merkel and Robert Borden when we come back. That sounds like Trump tweet right there. (laughs) Classical Conversation supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local, like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical. Christian. Get connected. Get community. More medication. But I'm upright. Yes. It's good to have you. Welcome back to Cross Politic. With us today in the studio, we got President, the Dr. Ben Merkel, President of New St. Andrews College, where you should be planning to send all of your children. And we have the CEO of Classical Conversations, Robert Bortons, one of the sponsors of Cross Politic. Thank you. Making so it much. happen. <laughs> and if you don't have Christian education happening for your kids, you should check out Classical Conversations. Now, right, yeah. before we left, you had a, you said you had a question. Yeah, I have like six, but I'm only going to just one. Only one, because okay, we got we got to talk to right, Mr. Right. Bortons here about <laughs> Classical so, Conversations. The whole debacle that happened in Ohio with the coach, uh, which Urban co- Mark. Co- Urban, Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's say that NSA had a coach, mm-hmm. two, okay, and one of them was found to be beating his wife, right? Okay, and if it came out that the coach, the head coach, knew about this, and it got word to you that he didn't say anything, how, how as a president of this college NSA, would you have handled this particular situation? This, this went on under your, your well, he's he's gone yesterday. I mean, <laughs> besides that, yeah. Uh, besides, he's gone. Yeah. Well, I think I think um, both coaches are gone. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a total violation of the trust and confidence of the parents that you're whose money you're taking. So you yeah, wouldn't uh, start a sexual civility and empowerment unit. <laughs> no, but you I don't think, need I to because you fired the problem. I Look think at you win would, loss record. I think you might take a, a like a sackcloth and ashes unit needs to start because I think that you need some oh. institution wide repentance if that happens. I mean, you, you take us, you take responsibility. You yeah. say we well, whiffed. Why it. is that happening in my college? Yeah, because I mean, it is true that by your fruits you know them, and and if somebody's behaving like that, you should have you should have had an eye out for other things before that. And I I would want to. 
I would want to, at the very least, they're gone and there's some form of repentance. Um, and I would have a deep conversation with the board about how, how deep the purge needed to go. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know, just, just observation mine. I didn't, I don't want to attach this to you, but I'm just saying, I kind of feel like there would have been like another undercover crew, like a hit squad that would have went after the dude that was beating his wife. It's like, that don't happen here, homie. <laughs> yeah. like, I, feel like, I know you can't say this. I know you, you, would, you would never do that. But I kind of feel like it kind of has that like, well, the, this This don't happen. There's something from the visit from Deacons talk about. There's a visit from Billy Bob's uh, Bible, two by four Bible study. But this is completely unofficial. This is just a cultural phenomenon. It's an issue in cultural, in football. In high in college yeah. football, I mean, look yeah. at all the sexual assaults, all the oh, yeah. um, uh, physical misconduct yeah. that happens. I mean, this happened at Wazoo, Washington State. This happened at University of Idaho, uh, Baylor University, uh, Texas Tech. I mean, I can go down the list yeah. of all these so, universities that don't. Like on that note, like I, yeah, I'm I'm at NSA, but my other like part time gig is I coach the high school lacrosse team for Logos School, and um, one of the things that we have to face every single year is a team that will suit up a girl on their team to play us. It's a full mm. contact sport. Right. You can hit each other with the sticks. You can beat each other, knock each other over. It's yeah. a man's game. And yeah, it's it's it's, it's a man sport. It's full contact. And yeah. and we have a standing policy we don't play against girls. And the reason is we're training the boys, you don't hit a girl. Right. And mm. it and it's ridiculous how much um I've had a number of very tense conversations at center field saying, um, sorry we're not gonna play you, we'll forfeit if yeah. you're gonna put a girl on the field. And you have all these tense conversations, and then everybody's shocked when you, when the world does not know this lesson that you don't hit you girls. You don't hit girls. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, <laughs> right. And they're mad at you yeah. for not wanting to hit girls. But it's just this like, very basic discipline that we need to instill in everybody that like you don't do that. Right. You're supposed to step back and actually make sure they're protected. Right. Mm, you're practicing good. something, mm-hmm. and if you, if you keep practicing that, it's going to happen. But what has happened in the past for people to get to that point where they think it's okay to put a girl out there in contact sport? You know, like there's it's there's the a ideo- number of it's the ideology. It's the ideology. Yeah. There's no real differences between genders, and that a, a girls yeah. can do just as good as a boy at whatever it is that you want them to do. Yeah, it's it's complete. It's completely garbage. Yeah. But it's yeah. Yeah. but it's just an ideology. Yeah, okay. they think they think they're glorifying her, but they're robbing her of her glory. That's exactly That's right. right. Yeah. Now speaking of glory and men and women and raising men and women to embrace their glory, um, we got Robert Borden's here. CEO of Classical Conversations. Talk to us about how do Classical Conversations come about and what is Classical Conversations all about? Yeah, so Classical Conversations was started in my parents' basement in 1997. In their basement? Yeah, I was going to, uh, I was entering my freshman year of high school, being homeschooled the whole way through. And uh, a lot of my friends, they weren't confident that they could keep on homeschooling, you know, how to get into college, how do I teach the harder subjects, all the questions families have today about homeschooling through high school. And uh, my mom was uh, well-known. She's always been an entrepreneur. Um, she said, you know, if, if I help you homeschool, uh, will you send your kids to me once a week? And I will help you through the high school curriculum. And so it's kind of funny. She uh, of she back, started having classes. Yeah. So she's put back then you had a physical newsletter, not like the emails you had today. And right. She put, put a thing, you know, come to my house at six o'clock and uh, hear about this program I'm starting. Yeah. And so uh, it didn't actually say six. Okay. So they laid out food, <laughs> drinks, and all nine yards, and no one showed up. Uh, oh. So about 6.30, my parents started putting everything away. And at that point, 11 families came because oh. she had actually written 6.30. Oh, <laughs> and they thought it was six. <laughs> so uh, 10 people joined us in our basement. And just every year I got older, she gave the curriculum that she just used to someone else. 
and they started a new program and then I graduated and my uh, brother John graduated uh, went to college and the interesting thing about my family is we have four brothers or there's four of us yeah. and we have a 12 year difference between the first two and the second two okay. so as we were going into college the youngest two were going into high school and they were getting, going into elementary school sure and so, and they were getting the full classical conversation right so we had just seen what we had done in high school and so you think about it like she went she walked the path and said how will i do things differently the next time right and then made the curriculum that way um so you know you see a lot of times like a christian private school is like all right let's do first grade and then like okay well, that went well let's do second grade and then sure. they get to 12th grade and they got somewhere good but they didn't have any foresight of where they were going yeah, versus yeah. classical conversations the difference is we went through the 12th grade and said this is where he went but if we had done these things different this is where we could have gotten sure and so that's kind of how the curriculum's developed and i think this fall we'll have over 125,000 families wow uh, wow wow 125,000 students and yeah. about 60,000 families wow Wow. And so what are some of the major goals of classical conversations? Like you, you, you know, what are you setting out to do? What are some of the central ones? Yeah. So, I mean, our mission is to know God and to make him known. And we think that that's kind of the purpose of all education is if you can't defend your faith, if you can't glorify God in everything you do, whether you're mowing your yard or uh, on a podcast, um, you know, what's the point of education beyond that? And then uh, we do that through the Christian classical method. And classical is kind of how God's designed our brains to learn as children. So it's grammar, dialectic, and rhetoric. And so that's the three stages of learning. The trivium. It's the trivium, yep, yeah. absolutely. And so it's designed around that. Would you walk me through those three? What do you mean when you say grammar? What are you talking about? Yeah, so grammar is just the basics of anything. Um, just the It's not just English, but the grammar of math would be like plus, minus signs. Um, the, the basic concepts the basic of everything. Concepts. So like if you're baking a cake, you know, teaspoon versus tablespoon, that's grammar if you want to put a teaspoon of salt in but it called for a tablespoon of salt you're gonna have something different so you right. need to know the grammar <laughs> um so if you're playing basketball like gabe did growing up you know the grammar might be dribbling in practice and then you know the dialectics when you get a try it, was it out dunking for me yeah dunking. <laughs> that was the grammar <laughs> yeah Di- then the next there. step the dialectic is gonna be for him. i do i, I reject the mute button? <laughs> <laughs> that's the one i need right there usually it's this are one you done? Uh, are you are you are you done yeah <laughs> So then the dialectic is just kind of putting those grammars together and thinking about it logically. Sort of a logic. Yep. Yeah. And then rhetoric is putting it into practice or teaching someone else how to do it. Making it look good. Yeah. Presentation, the poetry of it would be the rhetoric. So then how is that different from like uh, public education? Because aren't they doing the same thing in the same way where they're using... No, they skip straight to the rhetoric. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So they try try to get uh, little kids to express themselves without ever teaching them giving them any sort of foundation to that's why express they have themselves drag about. queens on library well, give me an example of that because i'm thinking i, I send my kids to a public school sure. they're learning one plus one two plus two they're learning all the things that so for, they for d- math right yeah so the difference between a modern education is an overview education so they're just going to get a, a real basic overview of all of those things so for example um one of my uh, mom was sitting at one of my basketball games growing up and this guy was sitting next to her and they were talking about ma- talking about math and he said you know, my daughter's gotten straight A's in math the entire time she's been in high school. She just started working at Chick-fil-A and the very first as a cashier. The very first day she came home, she was in tears. And she goes, Dad, you know how we talk about those people who can't make change? Uh, I'm one of those people. Uh, and the dad goes, how? You've been making A's the whole entire time. Right. And he goes, you know, you know, you're a good student. You don't make trouble. 
and you know straight A's. <laughs> straight A's. I mean, that's the basis. You can't so, make change. So they they reject the idea of um, you know the rote mem- memorization is what they call it, and they just downgrade that. Right. But that's how can you get something out that you didn't put it in? Like that's main part of engineering: garbage in, garbage out. And that's kind of what is they do nothing in uh, trying to get something out. My mm. wife studied elementary education in college for a while, and then and have a number of different stories from educators and teachers. But they there's a lot of long. They've, they've it's gotten worse. And I think yeah. actually your, your way of talking about t- only teaching rhetoric is actually a good way, like a very simple one liner. Like that's the pro- that is a problem because they want they want little kids to do like hard thought problems and like and i've heard stories from experienced teachers who said i used to be able to just teach phonics and one plus one is two and just basic facts and you repeat it back to me and they'd learn and they, and they have these new you know programs coming down and they like have to ask the kids like um thought questions how like, does one plus one make you feel like, yep. that, like that kind of thing and it's, <laughs> really? and, and it's oh like my it, you know like and, like it's like but Draw they're picture. They're second graders, you know. They're seven years old, and they're you know that's not how God made them. I think, I think that's they exactly don't know how they they don't know how they're supposed to feel. Right. So you got to teach them how they're supposed to feel about things and yes. what's right and wrong before you can get them to right. Talk but back about but it. if you think that people are basically good and holy, and there's something sort of precious and valuable, sort of automatically that's just born, then. You know, then you sort Arminian. of yeah, right. Well, that's, that's kind of what it, that's kind of what it is. I mean, that's yeah. what humanism is. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's all backwards and upside down because it's based on evolutionary theory, which doesn't. I mean, like, why would you think that evolution would produce virtue? I mean, it's all yeah, yeah. incoherent, but there it is deeply humanistic. Yeah, and and so there's something good and valuable, and, and so we just want to like let the kids you know, share with us yeah, yeah. Um, rather than recognizing that, no, they need to be taught. They need to be disciplined. They need to be raised in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So what kind of person, I mean, of course, somebody who doesn't understand how to give change that messes you up. I get that, you know, um, having some public school education. And when I started homeschooling, I started to understand the why behind things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, I started learning, you know, the, what the, what was, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Um, and, but when someone is, Okay, they understand they don't make change, but what kind of person does a classical education create outside of knowing how to give and make change? Yeah, I think it's someone who can engage the culture and however God's called them to engage it. And, you know, we see just everything rapidly changing at a higher higher rate of change ever before. And yeah. so it's really important. Classical education helps you learn how to learn. That's the whole point of classical education is developing those tools of learning. So whatever is put in front of you, you can uh, you know attack it to what, God's glory. Whatever you come to, then you you start thinking in terms of okay, what are the con- constituent parts of this? What's the grammar of this? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're auto mechanic or you're going to be a baker or you're going to be an engineer, what are the pieces? How do they fit together? That's the logic, the <laughs> yeah. dialectic, and then and then how do I do this well? How do I actually use this and present this? That's the rhetoric or the poetry. So you kind of can Sherlock it, where you can blow it up and you can see all the parts of it and see how it works. Yeah, time and, slows down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. I remember when I was so I was homeschooled until um, uh, fifth grade, sixth grade, and for good reason. And uh, but I remember so this was in Texas back in the 80s. And I remember when people would come to the door, my mom would hide all the kids in the closet um, because in, because oh. this is back in even in Texas. It was taboo to be homeschooled back in the eighties, right? And there was people might tell the government significant pressure. Homeschooling on wasn't child's... legal in every single state till nineteen ninety three. There you go. 
Wow. And, and child services, there's significant pressure on them to do something about the homeschool movement in Texas. See, I thought right. that was a new thing. No. But that's actually no, something the, that... In Idaho in the early 80s, there were people in jail for homeschooling. No way. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I was in Southern, free. I was in Southern mm-hmm. California in the 80s, and my folks decided to homeschool me. And we had to do something with the public school system where I, I we had to like, like re- register, we had to register. Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember like once a month or once a quarter, we'd had to go down to the, you know, the, the public school, county, whatever. And the only thing I remember about it is we had to play. Um, it was the early days of computers and I got to play like math rabbit games or something <laughs> on the computer, you know, and I'm like, and I was like, oh, golly. screens, you know, like even, <laughs> <laughs> this was, is what public school is about. I was like six or seven. And yeah, yeah it's pro- it, that's probably what I thought. It's <laughs> kind of hilarious because we'll mock China for like, you know, you have a kid limit or whatever. It was like, how many kids you have? Right. You have seven and you want to teach them at home. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> What's your address? Well, and I find, I find like this right. whole thing is kind of, it was kind of funny to me. You guys remember recently one of our local uh, Senate races was between Marshall Comstock and Dan Foreman. Oh, right. And Marshall Comstock said in a survey, an education survey, that he would like to see homeschoolers report to the local school district. Ooh. And um, that that just, it, I actually met and had lunch with him about it, and it, it was just awkward. That, what did he say? That, well, he said, if I had to do it all over again, I would I would probably would have said something different on the survey because he got so much flack on it. Come yeah. on. That's mm-hmm. that's the only reason why. Is, he, is that what he thinks? Um. <laughs> I think I think he would prefer that still. Yeah, but because he, he got so much flack on it, he would, he realized he should, that that was away. it's because the whole, it's because the public school system's doing so good for the students that opt into. Well, that's my that's my point to him. It's like I was like, hang that on extra here, resources. I was, I was like, right. Logos kids and other other homeschoolers are performing way better on SATs and right. ACTs right. than than your public school system is. Why do you want us to? Re- shouldn't they be reporting to Logos? <laughs> yeah. Right? For, don't they go. have better standards? Right. You know, right. And, there, was, there was a big push in the UK like when we were when we were living there where they're trying to crack down on all the homeschoolers and they really wanted all of them registered and to be able to keep really close tabs on it. And there was this report on the whole thing and the the classic part of it, the whole initiative was led by a, a guy with a bureaucratic position, but his name was Mr. Badman. And <laughs> guy likes jokes. Don't you yeah. love don't you love God? Yeah. Yeah. You love God? It was referred Amen. to as the Mr. Badman report. And everybody was like scared of Mr. Badman is coming and you have to register your kids. That's amazing. Oh, uh-huh. that's great. So Real quick before we end this segment, um, Robert, if why would somebody look into consider classical conversations for their kids? Well, I think you know classical conversations empowers parents to homeschool through high school and give their children a godly education that's going to prepare them for whatever he puts in front of them. And uh, it's a true Christian community um, with trained tutor parents that are just walking alongside you. So, and it's meeting like once a week. Yeah, it's right? meeting once a week. And, yeah, uh, describe describe practically what Classical Conversation does. Yeah, so we basically have a full K-12 through curriculum. You meet once a week, groups of eight. You have the students and the parents in the room together with a parent tutor who's showing them what they're going to be doing the next week at home. Wow. And then that tutor is available for them to make phone calls or emails during the week. Hey, wow. little Johnny's having trouble with this. Yeah. Have you got any ideas so they can crowdsource? So it's like coaching. Yeah, it's for like parents. coaching for parents for homeschooling. And there's communities all over the country. Yeah, over uh, probably 2,300 communities this year. We're in all 50 states. We're in 18 other countries. Wow. Um, so we're all yeah. over the place. So Classicalconversations.com. Com. And you can look it up 
on there and find out if there's a classical conversations community in your area. Connect with other families who are also trying to do this. You know, because people, you know, you think I've never homeschooled before. Or, you know, you know, like I don't think I can do this. Um, yeah. It's impossible. I don't know how to teach. And this is a, this is a kind of program though that is helping parents who need that help. And it's it's the fact of the matter is is you need community. Yeah, uh, you really yeah. do need community. And I think one of the weaknesses sometimes in homeschooling is a certain kind of isolationism. Yeah, and you really don't want that. You really want other people speaking into your life and into your into your family people that can see your kids maybe in ways that you can't see them that's right and oh, give you feedback true. absolutely and helpful, very helpful to them yeah. also too the number one reason why you want to go ahead and hook up with classical conversations they're the number one supporter of cross politic sign up yeah. <laughs> all right more cross politic when we come back with uh doctor i almost called you ben oh i'm oh. so sorry dr ben dr ben <laughs> don't smack me sir please <laughs> all right i'm sorry we gotta talk about the quadrivium that's what I'm like, yeah, quadrivium. Quadrivium. Yeah. They go together. Yeah. And White Gabe's wrong. He's absolutely wrong. Okay. I like talking about White Gabe's wrong. <laughs> He's always wrong. CrossPolitik has a new sponsor. Who, you might be asking? Decree Design. Decree Design is a graphic design and web development company that serves your business by helping you speak clearly through visual representation. Serving 90 plus businesses in logo design, print design, brand strategy, web development, and more. Decree Design has a skill and personal touch to customize a package specifically catered to your needs of your business, great or small, and provide personal assistance every step of the way. Whether you're a well-established real estate broker or entrepreneur getting your business off the ground, Decree Design will help your company's visual presence speak clarity and truth. For more information, please visit DecreeDesign.co or schedule a consultation with Joe at DecreeDesign.com. Yeah, Joe at DecreeDesign.com. Hey, and tell them Cross Politics sent you. At no point was I disagreeing. You were absolutely disagreeing with us. Oh, man. We were doing show notes beforehand, and and oh, he was so wrong. Yeah, I was I was saying that Trivium and Quadrivium should, like, go together. That's the seven liberal arts. See, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, no, yeah. no, 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 like, no. He's completely no, anti-classical was... education. He's like, no, there's only he's, Quadrivium. There's he's no He's racist. Yeah. I mean, we, we figured everything. <laughs> I'm well, going to get you fired today. Oh, Welcome man. back to no Cross, <laughs> Welcome back to cross right Politic. Yeah. As you can see, we're having a little trouble with Gabe again. Man. As uh, usual. The water boy. The water boy. Come on. So, Doc, what is it? Trivium, Quadrivium, or is it just uh, Quadrivium? Trivium and Quadrivium. So, both yes. of them. Uh-huh. And, and how, seven, do they, how do they relate? Uh, this is, seven liberal arts. Seven liberal yeah. arts. Seven. Yeah. And how do they Did fit together? Seven? How do they go together? Seven? Oh, I thought you went seven. I was like, I know I'm a no. little under the... I was doing four and okay. three. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So how do they fit together, though? They go together. Well, explain what they are first. Okay, seven liberal arts. This comes from, I mean, the... Uh, it actually goes all the way back to the um, the classical period, right? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's do- it's done in different ways. So so there there is quite a different variety of approaches. But the trivium and the quadrivium is a nice way to summarize it. But basically, as you move into the medieval area or era, you have the trivium is the preparation for, and then the quadrivium is essentially the college studies. Right. And so you would go through um, if you wanted to go on to any position of leadership. Um, and particularly going into medicine, law, or theology, then you would go to college, you go in and you do the quadrivium, that was your undergraduate, and then in a master's into one of those specialties. Or you could just do the quadrivium and into a position of leadership. So we already heard about the trivium from Robert, grammar, mm-hmm. dialectic, and rhetoric. The quadrivium is arithmetic, mathematics, uh, geometry, music, astronomy, oh, f- music, and music. music. 
music. Yes, right. So, that's, so, so those are the four quadrants. Don't ever do that. <laughs> oh, my gracious. Did you just do that? <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't. Beatbox? That was, that was yeah. a beatbox. Uh, are you done? Are you done? Uh, are you, are you, are you okay. done? So New St. Andrews, is is it, would you say it's focused on the quadrivium? Well, well it, ta- it, it takes the place that the quadrivium took. So, I mean, we've obviously done a little bit of variation on the subjects that we use, but deriving from the medieval concept of the liberal arts, as it's advanced through Western culture, we still do the basics. I mean, we've expanded into literature, philosophy, theology. Mm. So maybe an extension of the rhetoric side of things and mm. maybe, you know, little bits of grammar and logic still. Yeah. yeah. And now, if somebody goes through goes to a classical Christian co- school like Logos or they go through classical conversations um, like um, Robert's program he's just laid out for us, if they've gone through that, is that enough? Could you just go well, from there and then say, okay, but I want to be an engineer or I want to be a doctor. But just the trivium. Just the trivium. Is that enough um, for a Christian education? Um, I don't, well, I don't think so, but I think it also, it does depend on where, where you're headed. Like, so just, I think there's an important qualifier I would make that I don't think NSA is what everybody has to do. I don't think that everybody needs to go and do that. I think, it's, I think everyone should do CC. <laughs> well, well, I, I see. I, I don't think it's a problem. Like, I actually do think that everybody needs what what you're doing, and then I think that there are variations as you branch out from there. I think some people don't honestly need to go on to college if they've had a really solid foundation and they're going into a career that maybe doesn't need the kind of. Should uh, there be like Christian Votech schools? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that there ought to be things like that. Now, now, um, in when I was describing the the medieval. Um, trajectory i think it's still really valid that you basically had a um a a kind of education where you have a certain class of people you say you know what these are our leaders they need to continue on into this kind of education but not everybody's a leader and so so hmm. so the quadrivium is specifically for cultural leaders yeah it's cultural leadership what what would what, what would some of those vocations be so um you know politician probably yeah pastor yeah, teacher. Mm-hmm. What else? I mean, I think I think it actually does Podcaster. work well if you go from uh, quadrivium, like what what NSA is doing, yeah. on into medicine. I think is really so, good. Medicine. Yeah. Um, music. Music. Absolutely. Yeah, That's definitely. Uh, you know, any sort of entertainment, art, uh, writing, um, film, programming. Yeah, you can. I mean, well, okay, well, I would say it. business leadership, any sort of business yeah. leadership. So, so maybe man, business management, leadership, yeah. a Pretty CEO, it, if you want to be a CEO of a yeah, company. exactly. So we're talking about people who know Farmer. a lot about the world, yeah. but also know a lot about how to think about the world and then how people work and yeah. are, are sort of visionary. Exactly. Yeah, so as I see in your head is spinning as he throws out a name and you're going through this checklist in your head. Right, but what are you thinking about in that checklist that says yes, well, music? This is what the things you're going to need to apply this to music. What see, is that? I I, th- I think the thing is is um we we tend to think in terms of this this sort of spread of kinds of vocations and that there are these different tracks that people get on and they're just going to run on that. But the truth is we don't do that. Like like I mean my my undergraduate was chemistry. Um, yeah, you know like if, if we all go and look at our undergraduate degree and how well does that match up with what we're doing or take your first job that you took out of college and how well does that line up with what you're doing right now like so so there is this tendency to think in these these sort of canals that we're supposed to all go down but we're actually far more versatile than that so i don't think so much in terms of which field you're in as in and i think more in terms of well what do you want to do to the world do you want to step up and lead um do you do you want to um, form some sort of leadership kind of position and it might be 
a communication kind of leadership or, or it might be political. Who, who knows what, what it right. is? So apply this. I mean, so obviously somebody who is going to go into business or going to go into medicine or engineering, mm-hmm. they will need to learn some of the, the particular skills yes. that go with those vocations. Yes. But part of the question we want to ask before that is what kind of person do you want to be? Yeah. Before you learn that skill, anybody in a certain sense can learn some of those skills. You can learn right, how to program right. a computer. You can learn how to do surgery. You can learn how to make this. But yeah. but what kind of person are you? Yeah. Before you get there, that's yeah. what the quadrivium is for. That's and, what a classical Christian education at yeah. a college level is for. And I, and I think that's the thing that's really critical is that we've forgotten what the point of education is. We've made education to be about getting a particular kind of job when it's far more about becoming a particular kind of person. Right. And I think that we need to really recover that because the truth is, this is the, the thing that everybody knows, but they have a hard time actually um, acting on it, that most jobs, some are different. You know, brain surgery, kind of a little bit of a different thing, but most jobs, your college education actually didn't prepare you to do the work. You showed up the first day of work and you realized that none of this was covered in class and most actual vocational training happens the first six months on the job right college taught you to be a certain kind of person jobs teach you how to do the job and, and part of i think what we often miss too is even rec- even with brain surgery like i'll, I'll, I'll yeah. bite i'll sure. bite and say even there i don't think we realize how much real life you can never prepare for oh yeah in a certain way right. it's not like you get to a brain surgery i mean i'm sure there are like how routine yeah. is it really like oh yeah I've, i saw this brain cancer yesterday Right, like, like we're still learning about oh, yeah. everything, and yeah. and so more important is what kind of person are you? Are yeah. you creative? Um, have you learned to think through problems? Are you a problem solver? Yeah. Um, do you call other people in when you need the input and the feedback and the help? I mean, that's yeah. way more important than. And I mean, it's not like life is that simple. Yeah, if if you have the skill to like two basic skills, the ability to actually hear what people are really saying instead of what you wish they were saying. <laughs> and the ability to com- clearly communicate to them what you think. It, just those two skills puts you at the top of almost any vocation. And and a lot of employers, we were talking about this yeah. earlier, are actually starting to come out and say this. Yeah. There's, yeah. Like, there's a lot of businesses and CEOs saying, we actually don't want college. your college degree. Like, your college degree is, uh, yeah. like, maybe it's not really helping you at all. No, no, they're way more attracted to liberal arts degrees. Liberal arts degrees, and sometimes people that had even finished a degree. Yeah, that's right, high Mm -hmm. school. Because they're they're actually afraid of what these state colleges and universities are actually doing to kids. Yeah. It, they got to untrain them to get them to do the job that they need like, them to do. They're giving them simple answers and simple skills that they're not actually thinking that I'm um, teaching them to think. Yeah. Well, that, that goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning where colleges are, are governed by these metrics that they have to turn in. Right. And that filters into everything. So most of the classes, the actual grading of the students becomes these really easily measured metrics rather than the much harder task of engaging into in critical thinking like mm-hmm. um so for instance we we all tend to favor right now the stem subjects over the liberal arts and the reason why is because stem subjects feel um like they have a hard edge objective yeah there's a number and and we can um, measure it yeah so so the number seven versus uh, a, a three paragraph essay yeah. you know how do you how do you um this one i know if it's wrong or right this one is much much harder now it's yeah. objective yeah, the objective right. truth is there yeah. it just takes a lot harder it's more work to get to it yeah and so we we sort of um deviate towards we we, we lean towards the, the math because we feel it's more objective i think as christians we actually do it more because we really believe there is such a thing as objective truth 
So we we tend to start to kind of favor those things because we feel like the liberal arts is where everything gets squishy. And yeah. and, and frequently that's because that's where it has gone squishy. Oh, yeah. so, oh, yeah. I mean, all the most problematic departments yeah. in the country, Are the liberal arts English departments, departments yeah. philosophy yeah. departments, yeah, right. sociology yeah, right. departments. Oh, are, yeah. But there's also the reality of what's actually going on in the university classroom. I went to two community colleges and then I ended up graduating from the University of Idaho. My degree which was explains in, a lot. Which, yep, you should figure it out. My degree was in communications, <laughs> communications, and it really was a degree in liberalism and feminism. Mm-hmm. Like so, a lot of the degrees that are being offered on University right. of Idaho camp or on campuses are, you know, they say one thing and they're doing another. Actually, in that. Secondly, most people who go and get a specific degree, we've gone through this before, end up thirty percent of those people who go and get a specific degree actually end up in the major they were trained in. Actually, ended up in a job. Thirty percent. Thirty percent. So 70% do go something and get, get a specific degree. They end up in a totally different career yeah. field, which right. is why I work at San Andrews College. <laughs> <laughs> Would you do me a favor and define liberal arts? Yeah, so the arts, I mean, if you want to get etymological, liberal arts it comes from the Latin word liber, which is the Latin word for a free man. The liberal arts are the skills and habits that you train a man to be free with. Cool. So we, we, we tend to use... Um, All right, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so think for a moment of the the difference between how you would train an enlisted man for his job in the military versus how you would train an officer. So I I went enlisted Marine Corps, and when I was taught um, the jobs that I had to do, it was always a very very specific checklist with zero room zero room for like independent thinking. <laughs> Or nobody wanted me going outside the box. Yeah. And, and that wasn't bad. They, they should not have wanted me to go outside the box because when you're dealing with the enlisted men, you want a bunch of guys who don't think, who just do what they're told because you're going to make them you know, charge the machine gun. Yeah. That's not the time for independent thinking. You right. just got to do what you're told. Right. But the training they would give an officer is completely different. That's the training of somebody who has to be able to think critically, imaginatively, come up with new ways to solve things, to hear exactly what's necessary, and then also the ability... To compel men to follow him, right? He has to have be able to use his words to make people follow him. That's a totally different kind of education. And so I, I think of there's vocational training where you're teaching people how to do the steps to perform the that skill. function, and then there's the liberal arts where you're teaching somebody how to think critically and then to and to lead. speak and argue persuasively to cause others to go in a particular yeah. direction. That's really good. So someone who has not had a liberal arts education. And they're, they're listening to you and you're like, you know what? I'm the guy who like needs to clean out the toilet this way. And I'm not an officer, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I'm finding myself in positions where I need to function like an officer. Yeah. Like, how do I so- turn this ship that's sailed already? How do I go back to some of that liberal yeah. art education? How do I get back there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I sympathize with that quite a lot. Like I said, I was chemistry all the way through. And I was chemistry because I thought um, I was becoming more... Um, convicted of my Christianity and I wanted hard truth and I thought numbers and chemicals were like that. Um, I graduated and I um, I was doing campus ministry at the University of Idaho for our church and um, I remember uh, a friend who was a student at the time. Um, I, I had signed up for a class in order to be um, a student and I don't even remember what class I signed up. He said, drop that class and take this class on Chaucer with me. Oh. And and I thought... Who, who Chaucer? That sounds, <laughs> Jeffrey! Yeah. Jeffrey! 14th century poet, I said, that sounds like the dorkiest, <laughs> dumbest. Like, I actually used some different language. Because like, he's in the Marines. Yeah, exactly. it, was, it was not liberal arts language. Yeah, it was like, that sounds like the most effeminate thing ever. I thought it'd be a bunch of guys like in black turtlenecks, you know? Right, right. And, uh, and, and, and he, said, uh, he said, no, no, do it and we'll sit at the back and make fun of the English majors together. Okay. And I was like, 
that's a noble cause. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. That's a noble cause. So, so I signed up. I signed up for the uh, this class on Chaucer. I show up. First day of class. It's the middle of winter. The prof comes in. He's wearing cutoff uh, jeans, a T-shirt, swearing, screaming. He was former Army Airborne. He lit the class up, throwing people out, making people cry, and then lecturing on Chaucer in this way that was like the most riveting thing ever. And um, it, it just it totally blew my mind. And <laughs> And um and so it really pushed me in a very very different direction. But I remember suddenly seeing him. I'm trying to do campus evangelism to reach these students for Christ. Right. And I'm seeing this guy who's a, a kind of a Jack Catholic, walking through Chaucer, get closer to the things that are in their heart that relate to the gospel than I ever could. Huh. Wow. Because he knew his stuff. He was tough, and he was using this medium that I had never realized could come alive like that. Literature. Yeah. Yeah. And um and so that like I just found myself starting to dive in. I can remember like grabbing um Francis Schaeffer. Yeah. I mean the first Francis Schaeffer book I read, like I had to read that thing four or five times. It was like one page every yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah. It was I just, heavy. What was yeah. it? Um it was Escape from Reason. Yes. Okay. And it was just I could not do it because I had so not good. been trained like that. Escape from Reason. Yeah. How yeah. old were you at this time? I was probably in my early twenties. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, and, and but I, I kept at it, and I just found myself more and more captivated by this. I ended up with a master's in English Lit and then continued on with further graduate degrees. But um, I think just as far as classical education goes, everybody knows that when we're doing classical education, we're all trying to give our kids education that we didn't get ourselves. Right, right. Every was, single one of us yeah, is... Yeah. We're yep. kind of making it up as we go in one sense. And yet the great thing about classical education, the whole point of it is that there's actually this really well-worn path right. that mm. we're going back and discovering. Yep. And so there's something there to follow. And and I, I think you need to not be insecure about like, you see you see these kids that grew up there, you know, like, but this one was born there. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and we're yeah. foreigners. Like we're always, I'm always going to speak with an accent in, right. in this land, yeah. Yeah. but that's okay. Cause I'm thinking about my kids, my grandkids, my great grandkids. Yeah. Just start where you are. Yeah. That's the answer yeah. to your exactly. question though. Yeah, the answer that, to your that's, question that's is, is you start where you are. I mean, if, yeah. you're, if you're washing the toilets, but you got, you know, you got to start thinking about the future. You've got children, you've got right. a family, right. yeah. you're going to have grandchildren. You want something, you want to make the world better place for them. So start where you are, start reading. Connect with classical conversations, people. Yeah, that's right. Make a yeah. group of your own. Um, last thing, real quick, though, I wanted to connect back um, to to college and just thinking about. Okay, imagine though, you've got Christian parents with kids. They're thinking in terms of officer training, mm -hmm. and let's imagine for a second their kids really are officer material. Yeah, um, they're coming All up. All kids are officer material. Twelfth. What's that? <laughs> All kids are officer material. <laughs> coming up through twelfth. Obviously, the president. Coming up to twelfth grade, and they're thinking about college. Yeah, is. It seems like frequently there's a disconnect yeah. where they say, you know, yeah, I, I graduated from classical conversations. I graduated from a classical Christian college, and now I'm ready to send them off to, you know, behemoth university yeah. of yeah. whatever. Yeah. What's the disconnect? Yeah, I, I, it's, I find it really discouraging that all the sacrifice that has been made to get all the way through. These kids are graduating from high school with a fantastic education, and so much sacrifice has been uh, made on behalf of the parents and the communities in order to get them through. And then, for some and reason, principal decisions. Yeah, very principal decisions. Sacrifice, sacrifice and all this. Yeah. Not, not decisions. taking the federal money, not right. taking the state right. money, and then all of a sudden, as soon as Job it comes education. time for college, all those principals go out the door because of jobs. Yeah, we think we think mm. you can't get a job 
unless you right. go to those kinds of colleges, right. which is not the case at all. Yeah. So I think I, I yeah I think we have an idle problem, and I think I think we sometimes lose faith. Yeah. Right at the moment, like we blink. Yeah. Right at the moment when we needed yeah. to push all the way through. Yeah. And yeah, there is a place to start talking about how do I learn the skills I need for the vocation, mm-hmm. but I think we. We, we blink right before we're supposed to, and we don't recognize that the, that, that 13 through, um, I can't do math. Uh, what is 16th. it? 16th grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make a change. We're right. making change. Those four years, just how significant and impactful they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think at best, I mean, I, I don't think even, I, mean, I think a lot of times people again say, well, but my kids made it or my kid is making it. I think I can survive it. But that's not what we're after. We don't want to survive. No, that's right. We yeah. want to conquer. Yeah. You better pray. Right? Right. We, we want kids Man. to come out the other side who are actually ready to lead yeah, not having good. come out sort of beaten and tattered but recognize Why are you looking at me cuz my back is recognize, <laughs> recognize though i mean the these universities are the 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 places that trained all those public school teachers you avoided for 12 years come on yeah. now right yeah. why would you suddenly start sending them to the very place that you were avoiding for 12 years that's right um i think i think that i think christian parents need to just get it set in their minds that we are going to provide a christian college education for our yeah. kids and that means you got to be discerning um mm. not all christian colleges are christian colleges yeah um and and it's yeah. it's not magic they baylor put, is not a christian college texas christian, christian university is not a not christian, christian college. college well and let's put something big right now they're getting good jobs that are graduating from NSA, right? Like oh, that's yeah. not even a question. What, yeah. what are NSA grads doing? Uh, business, uh, business, law. We have some on as medical doctors now, yeah. uh, teachers, pastors. It's kind of there's pretty wide spectrum, but they've our graduates gone to Oxford, uh, Harvard, Princeton, Yale. I mean, there's a fairly wide <laughs> diversity. Thank you letters from those guys, aren't you? Thank you so much. <laughs> those guys are great. Yeah, you know. So. But I, I think I mean I think all this all this goes together. I mean, yeah. if, if if we want to be free Christians, yeah. if we want to be yeah. independent, we want to think independently all the way through. We want to live before God in an honest way. Yeah. Um. Then we have to we have to have the end goal in mind, and we can't just go halfway and say that's good enough. But but here's also like the reality of this: most Christians who send their kids to public school are not coming out with all holy and spiritual in public high school. Oh no. And then the same thing for college universities. We've done there's two been two different studies on this. Um, it's basically the the number is fifty to eighty percent of kids who go to secular university end up losing their faith yeah. through that process. Uh, when I first so, started doing campus evangelism years ago, yeah. I was pr- mentally prepared to talk to tons of kids who had never been in church or heard the gospel before. Yeah, I get on campus and more than half of them grew up in churches. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a very unscientific sample, but yeah. I'm just telling oh, yeah. you, like the people that I run into are kids who say, oh yeah, I, I went to youth group. I went to Christian yeah. school. Yeah. I was baptized. I, my kid, my parents are Christians and I came to college and yeah, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. Yeah. That, that's, that's more than half of the kids I meet on campus have that story. Yeah. You mean the hour they spent at church on Sundays? Couldn't defeat the forty hours a week they spent yeah, in school. Exactly. No, the problem was exactly. that a lot of time weren't baptized as babies. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a lot of the biggest problems that they weren't baptized as kids. Yeah. And so they did that. Go baptize your kids if you have babies. <laughs> I also want to blame the fact that it's not just. I, I get the universities. That's a problem for them because they're training them outside. They want to train them and disciple them outside of Christianity. But 
parents, like, come on. Yeah. Like your kids are leaving home and that's what you've set them up for is to be discipled by somebody else. Yeah. And that way their convictions aren't rooted and anchored and settled. There was nothing you could do at that you, point for me that moved me. Yeah. You think about all the. But most, that's my mama fault. <laughs> <laughs> think about all the most significant things that happened to you during those, you know, 18 to 22. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a massive moment in your life, whether you went to college, whether you enlisted, whether, you know, whatever you were doing. Right. You look back and you think about those years. They were massive for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. would we think it would be any different for our kids? They're going to yeah. be ma- it's going to be huge. It's yeah. going to be going to be huge. huge. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, website. Good to have you guys. Classicalconversations.com. You can read uh, classical Christian education made approachable if you want to. If you're one of those adults that wants to get your life turned around. Say that again. Classical Christian education. education made approachable. 99 page book. Most simple explanation of classical education is they're out there. Okay. We'll, we'll link to that on our email list. Absolutely. Yeah. News at Andrews. NSA.edu. Do it. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. I need some Advil. <laughs> <laughs>